Welcome to the Prairie City United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. Here's the latest message from Pastor John Bailey. Today, as we go to this scripture, I think there's something about it that is so personal and speaks to the very nature of who we are created to be as the people of God. There's something that calls us by name. And the last few Sundays, you might have heard me say, in the last through Saturday nights, you might have heard me say that we are called by God. We are created by God, loved by God. And as children of God, we come before God with the full knowledge that before we even knew it, before we even were able to speak it, that God cared about us and loved us. And the United Methodist or the Methodist movement, we call this, John Wesley called this what's called preventing or prevenient grace. That before we even breathe, before we're even cognizant of who God is, God has named us, called us, and loved us. And this scripture right here is where we start with that. And so I want us to be in an attitude of prayer while we approach this, if we could. Lord, I ask you that the thoughts that I have in my head and the yearnings that I have in my heart, that you take those, that you form those, that you mold those, and that you make them pleasing and acceptable to you. So that everything we do tonight is in your presence, Lord in your holy presence. Amen. Today, as we look at 139, I am thinking about what it means to truly be known, what it means to be known, not just by God, but by others. And I was thinking of a comedy skit that I heard not too long ago by Ellen DeGeneres. And I don't know if you've ever heard this. It came out in the early 2000s and it was an HBO special and it's wonderful. She talks about what procrastination, what procrastination looks like. And in the midst of that, she has this skit she does about seeing a friend and knowing a friend but let's see how it acts. Somebody, you're sure it's them. <laughs> oh, there's Nancy. <laughs> well, it's not Nancy. <laughs> Weird stuff happening inside. <laughs> It's really bad when you go out of your way to get their attention, isn't it? Oh, look, there's Nancy. Nancy! 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 Don't oh, Nancy! Don't know you're someone else. You look like Nancy. Let's go, let's go. You look like Nancy. Have you ever had that happen? You see somebody off in a distance and you think you know exactly who they are and you call out their name, Tim. And then they turn around and it's not that person, right? There's some weirdness in that moment. I think we've all done this before and you got a decision to make. You either can double down like she did and she goes on to say, I just pretend like I was calling to somebody beyond them. I just, I just keep on doubling down. I just keep on yelling Tim until somebody turns around that I know who's Tim. Or you can recognize the fact that 
sometimes, sometimes we don't know persons. We think we know them, but we don't truly know them. I had a CPE clinical pastoral education per, uh, director. It's something that we go through as United Methodist clergy. As we go through ordination, we work in the hospitals and we are talking. You're going, was it crying? They knew he knew known. And soon the person in the midst of their grief, in the midst of their trials, soon in the midst of that, having been seen and known, there was a calm and a peace that came over them. To be known, fully known, is a powerful thing. But most of us float throughout our lives being half known, quarter known, or not even known at all. If you only knew me, you would truly know who I am and what I need. But most of us float through life half, quarter, or not even To be known is a powerful thing and it changes. It changes how we are followers of Jesus Christ. Timothy Keller, I don't, Reverend Timothy Keller, who is a theologian and a pastor, and he talks about the meaning of being known and the complexities of commitment and the wisdom of God says this, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known is, And not loved is our greatest fear, but to be fully known and truly loved is well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty life can to be known. The scripture we have this morning talks about a God that knows us. Not by just the outward, but most certainly by the inward. And the God that has loved us, not because we've proven that we are worthy of love, but because God has created us. You know, when I sit down, And when I stand up, even from far away, you comprehend my plans. You study my traveling and resting. You are thoroughly familiar with all my ways. There isn't a word on my tongue, Lord, that you don't already know completely. You surround me front and back and put your hand on me. That kind of knowledge sometimes is too much for me. It is too high above me that I can't fathom it. To be known is a powerful thing. And I wonder if sometimes in the church and out in our regular life, we forget the power of truly knowing somebody. We confuse what it means to be known. I was reading in a journal on the dialogue from the philosopher, David Matheson of Carleton university. He said, he says in that dialogue journal, 
called dialogue that there is a high level of distinction between impersonal knowledge, like knowing a celebrate, a celebrity or an acquaintance and personal knowledge, knowing somebody closely as a family or friend. This is sometimes a distinction that we mess up and we confuse. Sometimes within our world and within our lives, we confuse what the impersonal knowledge of somebody is with the personal. Some people feel like they know celebrities as if they know them as a friend when they've only met them a few times or seen them on the screen. (laughs) Sometimes we go out into the world and we think that the, the people that we call friends because we're connected to them on the internet, that there's a relationship built there. And sometimes it can be even dangerous to our understanding of what it means to care for somebody. Think about this situation. Somebody cuts you off in traffic on the interstate. And all of a sudden we have a reaction that can be based on our uh, thought that we know that person and we know that they should have known better. But the truth of the matter is, is very often we know nothing about that person, but our reaction, our reaction to that person is based on our thought that we know what their life looks like. The truth of the matter is, is we know very little and they could have been rushing to the hospital. They could have been late for work. And if they get one more strike against them, they lose their job and they were the only breadwinner for their house. They could have had some reason to go somewhere. And if we only truly knew them, if we only took the moment to stop and think and set aside the assumptions to get to who they really are, if we could sit down and have a conversation with them, our reaction would look totally different. Our reaction might be more grace-filled, more loving, more understanding. I'm totally blown away by the statistics and the knowledge that deeply held beliefs and convictions are often based deeply held beliefs and convictions about a group of people are often based on very little knowledge about that group of people. And I'm just floored by the, the research and the stories of when somebody actually gets to know the person that they had this belief or this conviction about when they start to listen to somebody who's actually in that group when they start to build a relationship with somebody that's in that group, that often the assumptions, they fade away. And when the assumptions fade away, the knowledge of the person starts to gain in and it starts to shape who we are as individuals. Shape who we are. when we set aside those assumptions to know who somebody is, our empathy for that person grows. 
this is where God has placed us. I think it's so amazing that he says, you are the one created who created the innermost parts of my being. You knit me together. This is what the psalmist says. While I was still in my mother's womb, that God knows you that deep. I remember when we were having our kids and Mara would have like this little app on her phone that would tell her the, the size of the baby in the midst of gestation. And it was always like this fruits or it was uh, some kind of bread or vegetable. And I always thought that was odd. It's something that you're going to eat. It's going to be a, is telling you what it's going to be. But for some reason it helped us because we knew the size of an apple. And we now knew that the baby is the size of that apple. Right. But we didn't really know. We didn't really know what was going to be in the future. But this is where God brings us is this knowledge that even in the midst of that, we had so much hope. I remember thinking for the first time of with Eli being born of thinking about who Eli was going to be and what Eli was going to look like even before he was out of the womb. And I remember thinking to myself, the great hopes of who that little person was going to be in the world. And I still have those. I don't know what the future holds, but I know that there can be some great things that come in the future. And this is the same as the, I believe just a glimpse of what the knowledge of God has for us. When it says that you knew my innermost parts, even before I was birthed, you knew me before you knit me together in my, in my mother's womb. I give thanks to you that I was marvelously set apart. Your works are wonderful. And I know that very well. I think there's something in this that the psalmist is is declaring where God meets us in two ways. First, that you personally, God has high hopes for you. That before you were even born, God dreamt and enjoyed and loved the fact that you were being born and had hope placed in you. Who would do it? But you would, and it's those parts. Everything about you, those things that you hope to hide from others. And even those things that you hope to hide from yourself. God knows them and loves them and cares for them and says, this is who you are and who you've been made to be. And because of I've made you, I have hope in you to do great things in this world. It says in here, you can't hide. Where could I go? The psalmist says to get away from your spirit. Where could I go to escape your presence? If I went up to heaven, you would be there. If I went down to the grave, you would be there too. If I could fly on the wings of dawn, stopping to rest only on the far side of the ocean, even there your hand would guide me and there your strong hand would hold me tight. 
There's something gorgeous about that, but also something scary because that means that God knows everything about us. We have no excuses. God has set us out in this world to do great things and there is nowhere to hide nothing to keep us back. We have a responsibility in that, a seriousness in that. God knows us, knows who we are. But here comes the great part. Because God loves us and knows us and cares for us, we have a responsibility to set aside assumptions and know others. To not assume that we know who they are, just far enough away, calling out their name and hoping they don't turn around and show us that there's somebody else. We have a responsibility to set aside what we think we know. So we may build relationships with others and know what we know to gain that knowledge through conversation and care and love. And it is my belief that as we set aside those assumptions, as we come to the fullness of what it means to be known, our empathy, our compassion is amplified. And that's when we truly understand the hope that God has placed in us and has us set us out into the world to accomplish. This scripture is amazing. It goes on in 17. God, your plans are incomprehensible to me. Their total number is countless. If I tried to count them, they outnumber grains of sand. If I came to the very end, I'd still be with you. The love of God on us and with us. Setting us out into the world to do great things. Today, we celebrate what it means to be known by a Lord and a Savior that has loved us enough to sacrifice his own life for us, put to death, but most importantly, resurrection, resurrected to life. Life. Life abundant. This morning, I remind us that we are celebrating and consecrating the bread and the fruit of the vine for Pleasant Hill United Methodist Church. And we're going to celebrate communion here in a second. But I want to remind us why we're here. We're here because God loved us so much before we even knew it that He said, I'm going to set a plan out for you to know liberation. And to know freedom and to know grace that this plan that he set us out for has given us the ability to accomplish great things in the world. And so it was on the night and he was with his friends lounging and eating and munching and tired from their long travels. And they're sitting around the table together as they ate and joked 
and had a good time. He knew who was going to betray him. He knew who was going to deny him. He knew who was going to go out and say, I have nothing to do with that guy anymore. But yet he loved them. He loved them because he knew them. He took the bread, he raised the bread and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. And he took the cup and he raised up the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink of it, do it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts, we come together tonight as one community set forward with the hope of God. Will you be in an attitude of prayer with me? Lord, I ask that you bless these elements of bread and fruit of the vine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ so that we consecrated as your body may go out into the world with your blessing, displaying grace everywhere we go. That we having taken the fruit of the vine and known forgiveness may go out into the world and build bridges and relationships through the forgiveness that you have shown us forgiving others. Pour out your Holy Spirit here on these elements so that we may be for you the body of Jesus Christ, redeemed by your blood. In your name, amen. These elements are open to anybody that wants them. It does not matter what happened this week or where you came from this week or what denomination you grew up on. This is not my table. This is not Prairie City's table. This is God's table. And at God's table, all persons are welcome. You cannot hide from it. You cannot run from it. If you went up into heavens, God would be there. If you even went to the grave, God would be there. That God has loved you before you even knew it. And will continue to love you after you think you know it all. Go out into the world. Being known, find ways to know others. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Prairie City United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed the message you just heard, feel free to share it with a friend. And if you're ever in the Prairie City, Iowa area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. They're held every Saturday night at 6 and Sunday mornings at 9. For directions or to learn more about the church, go to facebook.com slash PCIowaUMC. That's facebook.com slash PCIowaUMC. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.